0: Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are breaking free from the chains of our past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time we ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into to a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in timeless principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you've been creating deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force and true prosperity in all arenas, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and faith-based mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right. All right. Welcome back to the Breaking Chains podcast. It's Christine Jewel, And today we are starting a brand new series. It's a new season. And with the new season, I have a fire burning in my heart to really be speaking about this message of breaking free from the chains of our past, our old identities, our old operating systems. Maybe there's some relationships that need to go. Anything and everything that is keeping you stuck, feeling tied down mentally, emotionally, physically, w- under a weight of oppression, depression, confusion. I want to really invite you to open your eyes and your ears and your heart in this series. And I want to start by sharing a series of personal stories. You know, it is so hard sometimes to share our personal stories, right? We have we hide under blankets of our own shame and embarrassment about our past. We get so enmeshed in the identity of who we were, who people think we are, how people see us, that we don't want to show other sides of us. So today I want to share my origin story, my family of origin, and it's your origin story too. As I share my story, I want to invite you to consider your origin story, your family of origin here on earth, right? So we have a spiritual origin story where we originally come from our spiritual father. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. But your family of origin on this earth, your mother, your father, your siblings, so the first seven years of your life, the first 14 years of your life, really just shape and mold so much of who you are, like everything, your identity, your belief systems, the the structure, how you see the world, the lenses that you see the world, the things you naturally react to without even thinking about it. It's all your unconscious operating systems. And what I love about, you know, God and how he works is that it doesn't matter what your past was. He creates a new, a renewed version of you, a renewed heart, a renewed identity, a renewed mind, but we help, it it helps us to understand where did I come from? Where did these things come from in my life? Because otherwise we just beat ourselves up and we start shaming ourselves. I can't believe I'm this kind of woman. I can't believe I'm this kind of man. How could I do something like this? And I've been there. I've been there under the weight of shame, judging myself, condemning myself, criticizing myself, super hard on myself. Anybody out there super hard on yourself? So I want to just start at the beginning as I reintroduce myself to you. And so, you know, I'm going to give you the generic, generic introduction. Hello, my name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and faith-based mentor to impact-driven leaders. Those of you who are C-suite executives, high-level leadership positions, and I'm really here to help you break free from the chains of the past so you can step into the life that God has predestined for you. And the way that I do that, the way that I do that with my clients, the way that I've done it through my own life is very holistic. It's looking at the whole body, the mind, the body, the spirit, the heart, and taking you through a holistic process of initiation. Initiating you from being a warrior and a man of woman of the world into being one of who is really one of God of the kingdom way, free, liberated in your mind and your body. You know what does it mean for you to have true freedom? So that's what I do. That's a role. But today I want to share who who I am and the warrior. I want to share you with you the story of how the warrior was born, the fighter. Because really, I identify as a fighter. And I wanna say before I start, I wanna make sure that I really, I'm gonna share some raw real things about my family, my father, my mother. And I wanna make sure that I'm speaking from a place of really honoring them and loving them and recognizing that, you know, we're all humans. We are all doing the best that we can with the level of consciousness we have, with the current runes that are still running, with the pain that's in our bodies. And so there were so many years of my life where I was angry and bitter and just shut out my father, especially because I couldn't understand how he could do this stuff to me, how he could abandon his family. And I'm going to share my story. But I know that hurt people hurt others. Wounded people pass on wounds. Broken people continue to break other people's hearts. They continue to break families. They continue to break organizations. So this is why I'm starting here. Starting here today, I want to make sure that I'm honoring and I'm respectful of of the man and the women that were part of my that are my parents that have been beautiful mentors and guides for me and really the reason why I do the work that I do today. And I also want to be raw and real and I want to be truthful because we can't continue to hide this stuff and not talk about it. Because in doing so, all we do is perpetuate the shame, perpetuate the wounds. And so I want to go back to the very beginning with you guys. And I want to share, you know, uh, the, the very beginning. And I want you to, as I share this story to you, for you to be thinking about what is my origin story? Because as I share this, it's not just Christine Jewell's story. It's your story. It's the story of every man and woman who identifies as a warrior. And you got to figure out where did that program come from? right? So in the beginning, in the beginning, there was a man, right? There was a man and I'm not going all the way back, but my father um, and my mother, my mother grew up in Italy. She grew up in a small Italian village in Southern Italy. Just imagine, right? Like very simple, simple life, farm life, simple life, beautiful woman, innocent, naive, excited, big eyes to get out into the world, big dreams. Imagine this naive, uh, young, beautiful woman that had been pretty much sheltered her entire life and all of a sudden she's sitting at this crossroads of eyes wide open and so excited to get out there. On the other side you have this American man, right? This this young strapping, attractive, charismatic, very strong personality of a man, an American who is living in Italy on the base. My father at the time was working for the CIA. So you've got a, an agent who is young and attractive and foreign, and he drives a Ferrari. He loved fast cars. My dad loved fast cars. He loved fast women, and he loved adventure, right? He was living on the edge. He came from a history of just chaos in his nervous system. His own father left him when he was very young. So he came from a background in a home where the father was absent, literally left. His mother cycled through many men, bringing men home, men that would hurt my husband, um, my husband, hurt my father, abuse him, threw him out. One even actually chased him with a knife. My father ended up living in the woods of Colorado since he was a kid. Imagine living in the woods of Colorado as a child alone because he couldn't be home. So this man was a lone wolf. He was trained to be a lone wolf from the beginning of time. From a very young age, he learned how to be hard. He learned how to survive. He learned the program that if it was going to be, it's up to me. I can't trust men for sure, right? Cuz they are aggressive and abusive and they'll they don't love kids. They don't know how to love kids. I can't trust my mother to be there for. I can't trust women, really, because mom left me, right, for these men. She wasn't there. She came back later in life. But he missed that nurturing touch of the mother, the safety and protection of the masculine. It wasn't present. So here we are. Fast forward. My father's in Italy. He's been recruited by the CIA. Surprise, surprise. They recruit lone wolves, right? And he's been... In this, he's in Italy and through a chance encounter, he meets my mom in town. And they, you know, it's a rapid love affair, right? Imagine the sparks. Imagine the sparks of fire when you've got an American. Fast car, fast driving, all this charisma, all this fire. He is a total fireball. And then you meet this beautiful, pure, innocent woman that really has a lot of fire, spit and fire herself, right? So she had a little bit of a wild side, but she wanted to go see the world. She says to me, Christina, I was new since I was a little girl. I was going to come to America. I was going to come. And I want you just to tune in to the amount of fire and potential and heart and excitement that existed between these two. I'm not like, cool. Well, long story short, they got together. It was hot. It was heavy. It was passionate. My mother got pregnant with me and within months I got married. Cause that's what you do. You don't go out there and tell people you're, you're pregnant. Right? So she got married. Um, and they got pregnant with me. We had they had a beautiful actual uh, wedding and pregnancy and all of that. So the very very beginning, the seed, I'm sharing with you because the seed of how you came into being is so important. You know, there was a lot of excitement, there was a lot of wonder, there was a lot of potential at the at the origin of the seed. And so I remember as I've done a lot of work on regressing back into the womb and, and those first couple of years of my life, there was a lot of excitement, there was a lot of love, there was a lot of potential. And it was beautiful. My mom had a beautiful pregnancy, they moved to the US. And, you know, as she moved countries and she came here, the first couple of years, there was so much love and connection and, and desire to, to be together and create a beautiful life. But something started to shift we ended up moving back to Italy. And at the time, my father started drinking really, really heavily. We, we actually moved to lots of different countries. We lived in Copenhagen. We lived in Switzerland. We lived in Paris. We... Uh, Brussels, like we moved countries a lot. We were in the US, we were in Italy. Sorry, I kind of skipped that part. So I was used to moving, moving, moving around a lot. So that's why today I have this like high need, high drive for, for adventure. And, you know, I'm very like, yes, there's a lot of excitement about new places. There's a lot of wonder. There's a lot of desire. But here's what started to happen. You know, in the beginning, my relationship with my father, I was like, I loved my daddy. Okay. I was like a little girl with eyes wide open. Like he was my hero. He took me on all the most epic adventures. I remember being in Switzerland and getting my first guitar and going on the luge in the snow. And with dad, it was always like, woohoo, right? Like it was a wild ride. It was always a wild ride. And mom was like the stable, calm, loving one in the background. But all that excitement and all that love and all that joy and all that sense of, okay, he's got me, he loves me. Soon became really clouded and confusing and convoluted because dad started drinking more and more, heavier and heavier. He started falling into deep bouts of depression that he couldn't break out of. I started seeing wild swings. In my father's mood, one day he'd come home and he'd be the most loving man and he'd be full of love and affection and hugs and kisses. And the next day it would be full outrage, yelling, screaming, throwing things Um, when I was five. My father tried to commit suicide and I remember the neighbors coming over to the house and putting my shoes on. It was very late at night and I I could feel my little girl knew, oh my gosh, something's going on. Like what's going on? He's going to leave. He's going to die. Like what? And I saw them take dad, you know, away in the ambulance and the neighbors came and got me and that was the one of many times later in my life where this situation would show up, would present again. I would watch my dad pretend like he was dying at the dinner table. You know, he would go through these things that were very confusing, very terrifying as a little girl. So right away, I want you to know that imprint got stamped into me. Who is this man? Can I trust this man? Love is confusing. On one hand, it's warm and charismatic and full of affection and love. And on the other hand, it's aggressive physically, mentally, verbally. It was abusive. It got abusive over time, right? The hands that held you were the same hands that threw you across the room. The, the same guy that would take me on the most wild adventures on the boat. And in on Saturday mornings was the same one that I was terrified over time to be alone with because I didn't know if I was safe. And so I want to share that in the beginning I started to realize as, as I started going to five, six, seven, eight years old, number one, love was very confusing. I didn't know who, I didn't know what safe love looked like. I didn't know what healthy love looked like. I started seeing my mom in turmoil in the relationship, trying to please my father, doing everything to try to get him to change. As we moved to the US, we later moved to the US, the story continued, but it only got worse. Dad's drinking got worse, the outburst, got worse. We had good moments in there. Look, I'm not here to tell you it was all dark and gloom, but there was glimmers of light, but they were always overshadowed by this weight. And here's what I crave my dad's love so much. Cause I, I had that imprint, right? Of when I was young, that he would just lavish me with his attention and love. And I was this little princess and I was a little girl and I couldn't understand what changed but I knew that if I performed, if I got good grades, dad would love me, right? He gave me money for my grades. He gave me attention. Once I started playing soccer, if I scored goals, he would give me money. He would give me attention. He would, he would watch my games. And so I worked my butt off as an athlete, as a, as a student in my looks. I knew if I looked pretty, you know, weird things like dad would would make all these comments about how pretty and beautiful I was and looked and some of them were inappropriate highly inappropriate but I learned early on that if I want dad's love I got to look beautiful I got to be really shiny and charismatic and be the bright light in the room I always was performing for my dad trying to make him happy because he had so many crazy mood swings that I was always like daddy dad, you know and I was trying to be this this little girl that would make him bright brighten his day. And so I learned you got to perform, you got to get the grades, you got to look good, you got to be the shiny one in the room. You got to jump up and down and sing and and tune into someone else's mood. And what started to happen was I started to beg. I remember being maybe like 10, 12, maybe older than that. And I, I remember once I wrote a a whole report on liver disease because I I was trying to convince dad, please stop drinking. Dad, please stop drinking, please. And I was begging my dad to stop because by now I could see what was happening in my parents' marriage. I could see the aggression between them. There were so many times where he would lash out at my mom, hurt her mentally, physically, emotionally. And it was so hard as a daughter to watch this because now I'm observing the program for how a woman gets to be treated. And so I started to fight right? Dad was not listening anymore. He wouldn't have it. He started becoming distant. He started escaping at work all the time, traveling. He started having girlfriends, a revolving door of women coming in and out of his life. I discovered he had a porn addiction as his daughter. You know, I would I, I would be witness to things that I don't think any girl needs to be witness to. Coming home, seeing things that I didn't need to see on the TV or watching him doing things. And every single time it was like a knife, a dagger right to my heart, violated as a woman. I felt so violated as a girl, as a daughter, as a woman. Like, how could he do that? How could he look at that stuff? How could he bring those pictures, those images into our home, how could he have these girlfriends? It was not a it was not a secret. Okay. It was not a secret. And I just want to say that by the time I got to high school, it was so bad. The wake of destruction was so intense in our family. By this point dad had been climbing the corporate ladder. He had he was one of the top salespeople. He had become the VP of the company he was working at. We had been traveling the world Five-star luxury, travel, the best restaurants, the best experiences, a beautiful home on the golf course, swimming pool, boats. Like we, on one hand, from the outside, we had a great life. You know what? We even went to church on Sunday. We went to church on Sunday. We went to Olive Garden afterwards. Like from the outside, it looks all shiny, right? You got a star athlete. You got these kids, a beautiful wife that loves you. On the inside, the whole thing was rotten, toxic, crumbling, so fragile, that one flicker, one thing, everybody was walking on eggshells. You know, everybody was walking on eggshells. I was walking on eggshells because we didn't know who was going to come home, walking on eggshells out of fear that it would create an outburst, walking on eggshells that we might lose our father. We didn't know what was going to happen. So now you have this program of a warrior being born, learning how to fight, learning how to self-protect. I had to learn how to protect myself to survive the situation, to protect myself physically, emotionally, mentally. I was so worried about my mother as a daughter. I would look at her and I would just feel this rage coming up inside of me. And I would want to protect her, but I didn't know how. And I would have these recurring dreams as a child throughout most of my childhood, where I would wake up and I was literally trying to scream. I talked in the last episode about my vocal cords. You know, I always would have situations, strep throat. I had a nodules on my throat. I had to have a cyst removed. Like there was always these issues. And I would have these dreams that I was trying to scream at night because I was either being chased by something or trying to get out of a difficult situation and nothing would come out of my mouth. Have you ever had that dream where you're just screaming for help, you're screaming to get something off of you and literally you're you're forcing as hard as you can for the voice to come out, to be able to express, but nothing, it's like something has a noose around you, a chokehold on your throat. That's how it was. <clears throat> and I would have three recurring dreams. I talk about them in my book that's coming up, but that was one of them. So, by the time I got to high school, you know, these formative years, By the time I got to be about 14, 15, 16, I was like in full on protection mode. I had been protecting my brother now for years from the wrath of my father, you know, locking us in the bedroom because I was terrified of the fighting and the screaming that was happening out there, terrified of who might walk in the door. I'd been protecting myself. I'd been escaping the house now, you know, running away with boys, with friends, like getting into all kinds of things behind the scenes, sneaking out at night. I just wanted to get away from that reality, I became a fighter. I started fighting everything in my life. I just was always looking for the challenge. And, you know, I got to thank you that the gym really saved my life. I I started really pouring myself into athletics in that season, training in the gym, pushing my body, training nonstop with, with, uh, you know, coaches and stuff so that I could make the captain of the team and be the best soccer player and be the best at this. And I was like fighting myself and pushing myself because I knew I'm like, I am never going to get, I got to get out of this situation. I'm never going to have a situation like this. I'm never going to be that woman like my mom. That's just taking abuse. I'm never going to let any man control me. I'm going to right, And I just had this whole thing, this persona that was getting birthed. The warrior was in full bloom. I am never going to let this happen to me. And I want to tell you guys that by the time I was 17, my father was no longer a functioning alcoholic. the The wake of destruction was so strong that we woke up one day and Dad lost his job. And just like that, all of his uh, golden handshake money, right, the retirement, it evaporated within weeks. There were women in his life. Money was going. J- Before I knew it, the, they had uh, the house foreclosed. We were moving out. We lost our home. I lost my father. He was nowhere to be found for years after that, right? He soon just exited uh, and just I had already lost my father years before to women, to porn, to alcohol, to business, to travel. And he was under his own weight of pain, right? He was seeking and searching to prove himself, chasing the external things of the world to try to satiate and film, but they can never fill the void that's inside. And so the very things he feared the most ended up manifesting in his life. By the time I was 17, I was on my own. I was living on my own. We had no longer had the house, right? My brother and my mom were in one apartment living off you know, food from the church. I was with them for a season and then I moved out right away and I was like full throttle. If it's gonna be, it's up to me. I'm gonna make Esh happen in my life. I'm gonna make shift happen in my life. And I'm never, ever, 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 going to let anyone get in my way. I'm never going to let any man slow me down. I'm never going to let any woman close to me because women, by that time, I had a very dysfunctional relationship with the feminine, as you can imagine. On one hand, I have my mama over here who's so beautiful and kind and sweet and loving. All she does is get trampled on and put up with this man, right? This is my psychology at the time. And on the other hand, I see all these women that had been uh, baiting my dad and sucking him in and basically stealing him from our family. So you can imagine the hate that I had in my heart for the feminine, the mistrust, and I had the hate for the masculine. When you have seeds like that of hate, of pain, of wounding, of bitterness, you get such a drive in you to become everything else but that thing. And the sad part is that it's just that fuel to say, I will never be like you, that rejecting of those people or those elements, you start rejecting parts of yourself. So I want to say to you guys today, that's where the warrior was born. The wounded warrior was born, right? And this woman who was a fierce fighter, man, by the time I was 18, I had my own place. I had my own beautiful red car. I was fully supporting myself. Like I had, like I was fully supporting myself. And I was like, I, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And I was making shit happen. But I'm going to tell you that that became my MO, my operating system for about the next 12, 13, maybe 15 years, a good solid 15 years, almost longer than that, actually, if I think about it, almost two decades. Wow. That I was operating from the state of having to prove myself having to fight and say, there's no way I'm ever, ever, ever going to live like that. And I think it's important that we have that line in the sand. But you see, when we operate that way, we're always running away from something. We're always trying to escape something. And we're always chasing something, some sense of security, some sense of uh, something outside of ourselves. So the driver is still the wound. The driver is still the pain. The driver is still the fear. The driver is still the anger. And I believe that we need that for a season of our life until it's time to move beyond that. When you do that and you're trying to escape a reality, you're trying to escape a past, you're chasing an illusion of something in the future. You're not really driven by inspiration. You're not driven by love, right? It's a different fuel under your butt. So I say that today, God has taken me through a beautiful transformation story. In the next episode, I'm going to drop into that. But I want to tell you, that's where the warrior was born, right? Until God said, okay, Christine, no more. I don't want you thinking you're the source, that if it's gonna be, it's up to you. I got to a point years later where I was so exhausted face down on the ground in tears saying, God, I cannot do this alone. I am exhausted. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to save everybody. I'm trying tired of trying to be the, the one who has our stuff all together all the time. I'm tired of not being able to trust men, trust women, trust my team. I'm tired of feeling so alone. And I had that breakdown moment years later, face down in my studio. And I'm gonna share a little bit more about that in the next episode where I just really said, okay, come in and do a new thing in me. And I'll tell you that he activated a new type of warrior inside of me. He, he took all those old layers of anger and bitterness and resentment and all those old wounds And he started forming me into a new type of warrior that would be driven by love, driven by inspiration, driven by unity with him, knowing that I'm never alone, that I'm really fighting for a king of kings. I'm fighting for something greater today. So I just want to drop in and I want to share this with you guys, ladies and gents, those of you who are maybe still feeling like you're a warrior and you've been fighting battles your whole life and you've been protecting yourself and having to perform and you're exhausted and you're tired, and you are done feeling like you have to do it all alone, I want to encourage you to look and say, okay, where was that warrior born? You know, what was that family of origin for me? And am I willing to see that there's a different type of warrior inside that wants to emerge? There's a new season coming. And if I allow God to come in and do a new thing in me, I can become a warrior queen, a warrior king who learns to really fight different." Right, Not from a place of anger, but from a place of love, from a place of inspiration rather than desperation, from a place of connection and trust and feeling held rather than mistrusting and not knowing who's got your back. So you guys, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. And I'm excited to dive into part two of this story next week with you. Uh, We might release it a few days early. Um, But for today, I just want you to tune in and ask yourself these questions. Is there a warrior inside of you? What have you been trying to protect forever since the beginning of your time? Where have you been trying to prove yourself? How's that working? Are you ready to lay down your sword and learn to fight different? If the answer is yes, welcome to the initiation. Welcome to the journey. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute right now to subscribe and review. Your five-star review goes so far in getting this message into the ears and hearts of the people who need to receive it. Thank you again for being part of this conversation. Have a beautiful, blessed, and prosperous day.